John, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I am really fucking hot. Um, and I don't mean that in a sexy way. <laughs> I don't mean that in like it's Pride Month. It's toasty. And I'm a gay. It's and, <laughs> and I'm out here with a six pack. Uh, I mean that in a, it's, <laughs> I'm on the second floor of my apartment and it's 90 degrees and um, I'm leaking a lot of bodily fluids. So, um, okay, everybody just welcome to today's podcast. You're, you're welcome listeners and viewers for that um, image. That's why Brian's here. Yep. Keep things fresh, you know, keep it interesting. Maybe a little <laughs> like wet. I don't know. <laughs> Moist. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here this we is go. all staying in. None of this is getting edited out. Yeah. Um, we are talking about the monster known as Overthinker, and it's this Medusa-looking. We'll get into it more. We'll get into that metaphor more in the episode. But yeah, it's like this Medusa-looking character that uh, that turns us into stone. You know, when we're thinking too much about something, we literally just lock up and we freeze. And it's hard to move forward on the work we're doing. Um, and so we've invited Radona, Radona Dita, uh, to come on our show. And she's someone that I work with at Y Media Labs at YML. And um, I've heard about her through a num- number of colleagues. She started a few months ago. And I checked out her Instagram, and it is full of design tips, design education, advice, and there's this this simplicity that comes through everything she does. And she explains it in a way that's very conversational, it's very welcoming. There's really, you know, simple illustrations that convey the the topics that she's trying to, you know, teach people about and it just right away was like, okay, overthinker, we've been talking about that monster for a little bit. Um, Taz, if you're out there, one of our designers, um, he, he kind of brought it up. Um, hopefully he's stoked that we're mentioning his name at the beginning. Yeah. And he listens to this. <laughs> but Taz, we're going to have you on at some point. But Taz actually, like, after I shared with our team a little bit about Monsters of Design, he, like, sketched out this Medusa character and, like, slacked it to me. He's like, you should talk about overthinker. And that was a while ago. So here we are. We're talking about it. And sorry we're not doing it with you, Taz, but we're going to do another Monster with you at some point. Um, but yeah, so we get into it with Radona and, and Brian, maybe give us a little snapshot of what that conversation looks like. Yeah, so we, we think about, we talk about overthinking on both sides of the fence. Um, we talk about it both from a design perspective, uh, when you're creating and building something, how does overthinking show up um, in, in the process? How does overthinking show up in the process and how do you solve that? Uh, how do you build a relationship with that as it comes up? Um, we also talked about overthinking on the user side of things. So when you create something, what happens when you create a product that causes yeah. the user overwhelm and overthinking and mm-hmm. um, that? So uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a great, uh, a thoughtful conversation. Radona has a lot of valuable insight. Um just some really cool nuggets that I'm just going to be chewing on for a minute. Um, and then we wrap things up in the typical uh, monstrous fashion by <laughs> talking about our three favorite monsters. And uh, Rodonis has one of my favorite monsters. Yeah, so We'll save that. Save that one. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 
That's great. Yeah. Should we just, uh, should we get into it? I think let's get into it. Let's, let's do, it. do it. Here we go. We have Redona from the agency we both work for, YML, and she's a designer at YML. Um, I was actually recommended, uh, she was recommended to us because she just started about four months ago or so and I haven't actually met her, so this is the first time we're meeting um, by a couple other colleagues at, at YML. They're like, you have to talk to her, she's so interesting, and they turned me on to uh, you know, your, your Instagram feed and there's just so much wonderful design information and Brian and I were just like, we gotta talk to her. Um, but I think before we really dive into anything, just curious, you know, what, what, what are you doing at YML? Um, maybe a little bit about your background, kind of how you got to this place where uh, you're currently at in your career. Uh, first of all, thank you so much, John and Brian, for inviting me. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk here today and share my experiences and also have this conversation with you. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity. Yeah. I was born in Albania, it's a little, it's a small city in East Europe, but I have traveled a lot in my life, so I started to travel since I was a, a little kid, and I lived in Germany, and then I, um, I spent most of my childhood in Italy, so I think that my home is Italy at the moment. Awesome. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I was a little bit everywhere. Yeah. Then I started, um, I was in uh, high school, it was an artistic high school, so I was drawing a lot, I loved, you know, art and everything. And when I finished my high school, I um, I applied for graphic design and, and I have a bachelor degree in graphic design. But at that, at that time in Italy, it was, you know, people were searching more for web designers instead of mm -hmm. graphic designers, so yeah. I wanted to be um, I want to, to, to work, you know, to, to design covers for books. And I was like, oh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I should switch to web design. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I, I started to work as a web designer and that is where my career started in the digital, let's say world. And mm -hmm. uh, I started to work in Italy. Then I had an experience in Dubai. I lived there for three years. I worked for a company where I was mostly doing some brand stuff, but also digital website and app. And then I moved back to Italy again. I tried to open my own agency, but it was really difficult. And mm -hmm. maybe I had a li little experience to start my own agency. So I yeah. went back to work in a digital agency and I was there as a senior designer. I was working mostly with marketing materials. So that is where I started to understand a little bit better social media, Instagram and Facebook and how they work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And from there, I moved to the US and uh, now I'm here. <laughs> I'm working for YL as a product designer. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a little bit of, you know, my career. It started 12 years ago. So yeah. Right. <laughs> what was it like and making that? Oh, go for it. Yeah, yeah no, I think <laughs> I was going to ask the same question. Probably the same thing, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like what, what, so, you know, you're, you're in school. You're, you're drawing, you're exploring this visual um, artistry. What drew you specifically to design? Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it sounds like a weird story, but when I was six years old, um, I was watching Sailor Moon. It was my favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Good decision. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the 90s, you know, you. Dude. <laughs> 
Some of the best cartoons came from the 90s. Yep. Some of the best everything came from the 90s. Yeah. I was drawing the characters, all the characters I was drawing, all of them. And every every time I was making those characters even better. So I think it started there. It started there when, because I was alone at home, my, my parents, they were working a lot. So that was my me moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I was also, you know, playing a lot with Super Mario and a lot of, you know, nice. th- with my Nintendo, but still that was my first passion. So I started to draw a lot and my father, he didn't want me to go to an artistic high school. Oh, he he didn't. <laughs> what did he want you to do? Uh, he was like, you should learn languages. Languages will be the world. And he's right. I mean, yeah, the more yeah. languages you know, the more opportunity you get, right? But I was I was like, no, I want to pursue my passion. I, I'm an artist and I want to become yeah. an artist. So yeah, <laughs> it was a, a very hard, hard fight, but I did it. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, what yeah, um, brought you from, it looked like in, you're doing a lot more of the, like you said, print and, and stuff like yes. that. What brought you from that world more into the, not just web, but product design space? Um, I think um, I think the difference is that when you are um, at school, you have, you know, different projects. They are mm-hmm. similar to real life projects, but they are not real. And yeah. so you don't, let's say, um, have that relationship that, with with colleagues or with the real situation with the real problems you know in the real world so i went um i i went and um and visit once you know um uh, I, i'm not sure how it's called like a place where they print a lot of you know covers for books and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i figured out that that was not what i was going to mm, yeah. because I was a junior at the time. I was like an entry level. So I was not the art director that was going to say, hey, this is the cover yeah. that we're going to design today. So I was doing more like, you know, impagination and all the, that stuff that was yeah. boring for me. So totally. I was like, mm, maybe there's not the right job for me. So I will try web. And web, it was very fast. It was like, at that time, it, I started in 2012. And it, it, we just started to understand Bootstrap and, you, you know, responsive websites. And it was mm-hmm. like, beginning of, you know, uh, the, the, let's say of mobile people using, you know, more mobile instead of desktop. So it was like very fast, a, fa- a fast, let's say industry instead of print. So yeah. it was like, maybe I can go there and try and see, and maybe I can change later. But at that moment, I found that um, digital was the better, uh, let's say, opportunity for me yeah. also. There were more opportunities, let's say, also mm-hmm. for job applications. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I worked in print for a while, too, um, at uh, actually a construction uh, equipment manual company doing a lot of layouts, like one of my first design jobs, like tractors really? and stuff like that and all these different. So I was doing all these like like hardcore layout, like very boring. And mm-hmm. then I ended up at a magazine doing ad design, but it was very much in that print world and i'd had the same experience like once starting on going to that digital space a lot faster pace and a lot more like feedback like you can do something get feedback right away and you can kind of continue to iterate so i i I see what you're saying exactly difference the 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 positive thing is that print gives you that you know base the basics where for the web also for the digital Mm -hmm. we design right we design with 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 the rules of you know what print gave us so it 
good to know also those um, those things. Totally. It's so fascinating to hear. Um, I am not a designer by trade. Uh, I am more a writer. Um, I work with designers. Um, so it's always really fascinating to hear how uh, designers moved through their sort of, you know, journey to getting to where they are now. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about, oh yeah, starting with something like print where you can learn the basics and it's a different kind of workflow and it's not as maybe nimble and responsive as digital. Um, that was, that's an interesting thing to think about because I wasn't thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of you know, um, young designers don't think about this because now we have the design um, process. We we have everything you know listed out, and everything yeah. is on the internet. So people think that oh, it's easy to become today a designer. We just need to know how the design process works. Yeah. And sometimes, it's, um, yeah, I respect <laughs> what you, I can't do. What y'all do, I um, I'm sure John is like you. He's probably thinking like Brian, you can if you put your your <laughs> mind to it. Um, I there's just the, the ability to um, create simplicity mm -hmm. is such a powerful tool that um, I mean it kind of gets us to what we're thinking of talking about today. Mm -hmm. Our monster that we're tackling is overthinking, um, and I'm a notorious overthinker. Mm -hmm. So um, <laughs> aren't we all? I, yeah, gosh. <laughs> Anyways, it's just the the the, uh, the uh, efficacy and the kind of economic way of being a designer. It's just like simplicity, yeah. clarity. Um, that's really cool to see yeah. that represented visually. And I, I'm curious too, like how, not just as a designer, but you know, there's a reason why we're on here because I think you can speak to the the idea of bringing in more of that simplicity and focus into your design work. What what is are there anything, any things outside of work that inspire you as a designer and even further inspire this sort of uh, emphasis on simplicity and, and focus in your work? Yeah. Um, so two years ago, I went on Instagram and I was watching these designers posting mm -hmm. a lot of you know, things about design. And I was like, what is this? What is people <laughs> doing here? Because I mean, I, I had my personal Instagram and I was, you know, sharing my photos with my friends and family, yeah. but it was not like some kind of, you know, influencer thing or I want to show up or whatever. So I was like, I even had like a private profile. So it was like, okay, I don't, I don't get these people what they are doing here on Instagram. <laughs> but then I started, yeah, it was weird actually. It's yeah. like, you know, I don't know, like my grandma is talking right now, but it's, it was like, it was like very weird. So I started to um, observe, you know, what they were doing. And it was actually quite fascinating because they were bringing some concepts, you know, um, mm -hmm. into the world of social media to educate people about our job. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, I have some knowledge, maybe I can share also something, you know, about my experience about, you know, something, and maybe I can help people because this was my, my goal since I started uh, design, I wanted to help people, you know, that um, with some guerrilla marketing or whatever, I wanted to be, you know, the one that was helping people, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. whatever. So I was like, maybe this is a chance for me to start helping people, because there are a lot of, you know, 
um, countries that they don't have the possibility, you know, to go and buy a book or uh, yeah. people that can't afford university or can't afford, uh, you know, going to pay a college. Yeah. And so I was like, maybe this is, you know, the right time for me to give back. So I started to share in the beginning, you know, classic things like the design process and people were not really interested in what I was saying. So I was like, um, then I should start thinking about, you know, because I was focusing more on design, like being perfect, everything should be, you know, aligned and everything should be. So it was taking for me, like it was taking two days for me to design a post on Instagram. And I was mm. like, this can't work for me. I mean, if I work and do this, you know, on as a side project, it's it's impossible. If I have to post, for example, three or four posts in, in a week, it's, yeah. I mean, it will be very overwhelming. So I started to, I mean, English is not my native language. So when I was reading the other posts, they were like very, very complex to read and to understand, especially when you are on Instagram, your first, let's say goal on Instagram is not to focus a lot on the content. You know, you just want things quick. Mm -hmm. So I was like, maybe I should start, you know, um, eliminating that, that, you know, um, uh, friction where I don't want you know to read something long, so simplifying the words that everybody can understand, no matter what's your level of English, everybody can understand it. And also without yeah. jargon. So I was not speaking as a designer, you know, mm-hmm. I was speaking as a person explaining other people, you know, what design means and how you can improve. Also, if you are a business owner and you want to improve your website or your digital, you know, product, yeah, yeah. you can understand that. So, yeah, and it took me, I think, two years, but now I have a community a community of 100K people following me on Instagram. That's because so cool. of amazing. Things. And, yeah, um, coming back to, the, to our topic today, I was overthinking a lot in the beginning, and uh, that, that brought me to procrastination, and procrastination mm-hmm. brought me to... I'm not worth it. I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, maybe this is not the right thing for me. So yeah. once I stopped, you know, thinking mm. about that, I was like, okay, I should just put things out and test it and see what people, you know, get feedback from people. And I will learn, you know, step by step, I will learn yeah. because that was something new for me. So, yeah. It's, it's, it is quite amazing to, I mean, I view your uh, Instagram presence uh, as an educational tool. I really do. Um, it's, you know, helping people stay focused on really clear, simple concepts, something John and I were talking about. Um, once again, as a non-designer, it's uh, it's super clear uh, for me. I understand, I get these concepts. I'm like, oh, these are the kinds of things designers are thinking through on the yeah. day-to-day. Um, so it's, it's, really, it's really cool to hear how, you know, you, you pivoted towards like, let's just do simplicity. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very, it's, I don't know if this is the right word, but it's almost like surgical. It's just like, boom, right to the, right to the point um, in a way that allows people to grasp the concept effectively. Um, but overthinking gets in the way. Yeah. It gets in the way of our work, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it is. So yeah. it shows up. So it definitely show, Yeah. John, go for it. No, I was just saying, I mean, to, kind of build on what you're saying, like, you know, we talk monsters of design, but really I think it's like monsters of problem solvers is like uh, in some ways, like the more like accurate way of saying it because designers at the end of the day, you know, we're solving problems. I think that's like, it's such a like strong 
it's the part of our job that makes it what it is in what whatever medium like our team you know does a lot more video and photography and animation as a part of the design team but we're really solving problems and trying to you know work our way through that so thinking about overthinker like brian and i have talked about it like this medusa looking creature with snakes all kind of coming out everywhere representing all of those unnecessary thoughts that are are in in a way like turning us into stone right like this monster like freezes us up just like medusa does and it kind of stops us in our track you know and and we can't move forward when we're facing it so as a problem solver as a designer what do you think is like w- one of those ways that you just see this monster really like coming out full force, freezing you in your tracks? Like w- what are those moments like for you? Um, for example, when I don't have a lot of information about a project and I'm left mm. alone, I'm, I mean, you give me a brief about something and you say, okay, this is a brief, go ahead. And I'm like, uh, okay. I don't know where I can st- where where I should start from. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe in the brief there is no deadline. There is no, you know, uh, I don't have contact with people, so it's just me. Let's think about me as a freelancer because I was working also a freelancer, and it was like very difficult for me, you know, to handle the timing and also, you know, to have that initial feedback. So um, that freezed me. I mean, uh, it was like. I don't know where to start from. So not having a starting point for me was the, the one that was um, giving me, you know, the trigger to overthink about, okay, what should I do now? So I was not prioritizing things. I was just thinking about, you know, the end and not on the, of the beginning yeah. of the project. So I was like, oh my gosh, how, how should this project end? And I will never do it. And so you, you start to, to become very... Um, and you start to doubt about, you know, your abilities as a designer, and uh, and maybe you did not the good choice to, you know, end up as a designer or whatever. So you 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 your self doubt is is something that becomes, you know, worse. So yeah. And thinking about exactly how uh, overthinking shows up for you, and one of the ways um, it can show up is if you know if you're getting a brief, and it's not giving you the information you need. And um, it, it can create cycles of overthinking and paralysis, mm-hmm. procrastination. It's almost um, like un- yeah, how do you under explaining causes overthinking? <laughs> Interesting. You know what I mean? Like yeah, when you so don't how do have you... enough, there's too much room for like free thought. There's less. There's not enough direction. You know? Yeah. How? So how? So, Radona, you get a brief that's th- like not necessarily giving you the information that uh, you need to move forward. So how do you like work through that problem? Um, for example, um, lately we are, um, we, we're doing a little presentation for what we're doing inside, you know, YML. And that was my first time, you know, uh, hearing about that we are going to present something internally. So I was like, uh, okay, my name was there. and was like, what should I do now? <laughs> and I was like very scared. So um, the first thing is I started to ask a lot of questions. I asked I ask questions to my manager. I asked questions to creative director. I asked questions to everyone that could help mm-hmm. me at the moment. And I started to lay down an idea. And it was very raw. It was not mm-hmm. like uh, I have to present this to my creative director. So it should be like very well designed. It should be like perfect. 
And I was like, I, I don't have time to lose because I have one week. So in this one week, what can I do? So first thing, put down your ideas, write it in, I don't know, on Notion or whatever, in piece of paper and just show it. Like, this is what, this is my idea. What do you think about? So I think um, getting feedback early is crucial. Mm-hmm. because then you know how to move you know what to do first and you give yourself priorities and you give yourself also a timeline if there is no timeline mm-hmm. because you know how you work how fast you work and you know how much you know you can um spend time on that type of project so yeah. i started to show this role idea and i got feedback and from there it was very easy to design you know the presentation because then everything was very fast so yeah. this is how i do it i ask a lot of questions in the beginning if i don't have information i put down uh, a raw idea and then i start you know uh, creating everything later yeah cool yeah i think i that makes a lot of sense i resonate with that too and i i think it follows that track of keeping kind of a straight line to a certain extent obviously like things are going to move and shift on a project but if you can kind of keep reining it in more and more as you go it really does help your brain not go all over the place exactly give it guidelines each step of the way yeah was it was it our our scope creep episode that we were talking about the funnel um yeah yeah funneling it you know getting all the big questions out I'm doing yeah. like a funnel thing, by the way, but you can't see it because the camera's there. <laughs> so I was doing like a big wide hand, yeah. but the camera cut it out. Um, but uh, yeah, getting the bigger questions out at the beginning and mm-hmm. refining and refining as you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's super effective. I think that with, when, once we start prioritizing, it's like, this is the same thing when we start designing features, for example, for a product. Mm-hmm. Is the is the you know the MVP you know the minimum viable product? So, yeah. what is the one thing that we want people you know to interact with? What is the one thing that we want right. people to focus on? Focus on that one thing first, and then keep the rest for later. This is, now, this is my mindset at the moment. Like yeah. I focus on that one thing, I do it, I create it, and then I get feedback, and then I start implementing the rest later. Totally. So how, like, how did you land on this approach? Um, I mean, this kind of realization, right? It's on, on the, on the one hand, it's simple. And on another hand, it's revelatory and it, we get there by kind of not doing it at first. I mean, that's how, that's how I am. But like, can you walk us through like, um, before you landed on this, like really clear strategy, like what did overthinking look like for you in your work five, 10 years ago? Um, I was, um, first of all, uh, I was, I needed someone when I started, for example, working as a designer, I needed someone to organize my time. So I was not able to organize, you know, my time. And that, that brought me to, you know, for example, oh, I need to, for example, I had 10 things to do in, you know, in one week and I was doing everything in one day and I was burning out because I didn't know how to, you know, with what to start first. And I was asking, you know, my boss and he was like, yeah, everything is important. And I was like, oh my gosh, what should I do first? Everything is important for him. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I have to work on everything. And I was like, okay, I'm burning out. I I can't do this by myself. And, and actually I learned, you know, by experience, I I learned by um, also, you know, I think it's, 
it's, it's kind of survival thing. You need to start focusing first on one thing mm-hmm. and let other things, you know, going and, um, and start thinking about, okay, what is the most important thing here? So what is, you know, my boss asking me to do first? What is important for him to see? You know, what is important for the company at the moment? Because sometimes I was focusing on like small things that we designers love, like, you know, colors and, yeah. you know, yeah. going and creating our mood boards and creating, you know, so many creative things that my boss didn't even care about. He was like, yeah. okay, I need to, you know, make some money. So, Redona, where is the job? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like very, very frustrating for me because uh, I was like, nobody understands me. Nobody understands my job as a designer. So I was like, what is this? I mean, maybe this is not the right company, but mindset is what, you know, uh makes you a great designer i think it's more i think the craft is 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 important but also your mindset it's how you yeah it's how you um approach things you know and i was approaching things very in a negative way when i was younger i was i thought that everything uh everyone was against me and everyone was you know um you know, judging me, crit- criticizing my job, yeah. and uh, they were not the experts. I'm the expert, so <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the, yeah. the truth. So I think a lot of designers can, I myself included, relate with that because you kind of get into it and you're like, "Who are these people? Who they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what you know." Blah, they're blah, not blah. designers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then actually, I actually. Oh no, yeah. sorry. Go no, ahead. I don't want to cut you off. What were you going to say? No, I learned to to I, I learned to share, you know, my ideas. I learned to to get feedback also from non-designers, and that helped me a lot, you know, to understand, uh, you know, to understand what is what is their priority. So we could help each other. It was not only me. It was not Redona and her ego, but it was Redona and the team. So it was different. Yeah. Then. Mm, totally. Yeah, I think you you brought up a little bit in that, you know, the emphasis on the user too. And, and Brian and I were reading the article that you put out in Medium about, you know, looking to the user, looking to ourselves as users, um, yes. not really, you know, trying to blur that line a little bit for good reason. And how, how does, as a designer, not just thinking as a user, but realizing you are one too, mm-hmm. how, how can that be a tool to help you move past this overthinking monster. So yeah, uh, when I when I wrote that article, I know that it's very very controversial, and some people start to hate me about that because oh my god, oh. <laughs> never say that again. You are not the user. I'm like yeah, I know, I know. Don't worry. It was you know, if you read the article, you will understand why, why I'm telling people yeah. this thing. So, um, but I, I like to you know um, also to create a little bit, you know, discussion with people because I love people thinking they, they need to start thinking and not reading and say, I'm, you are not the user. And that because Norman Nielsen said it, I mean, I respect Norman Nielsen, but still, I mean, you shouldn't mm-hmm. repeat, you know, like a parrot, you should start understanding the why they are saying this, yeah. right? It creates literacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not just absorbing <laughs> content. Um, you're thinking about it. Yeah. So, I started to think about me as a user when I first started using Instagram. So I was like, okay, so what do I like here? And what is bothering me here? Or what is the content that I really like or content that I don't like? I know that I'm not everyone here. I know that I'm not, you know, the person that uh, is going to interact maybe with my own content, but still 
I was the starting point, like, I, and I was thinking, as I told you, I, I saw a lot of jargon. I saw a lot of people, you know, writing uh, long, long captions, long, you know, um, uh, you know, concepts about design. And for me, it was boring. So I was like, um, I don't want to read this. So why should other people read it? Like, I, I'm the first one that don't want to read it. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I started to think like, maybe, you know, and I was also observing, you know, what was going on. So TikTok came. So a lot of people, you know, were using a lot of um, content that was very easy and fast to consume. So I was like, if I'm feeling this way and if these products are coming up, there should be a connection. So I started to simplify things and start to, you know, making things shorter, simpler. And this right. is where my success started because I was thinking about, you know, is it something that I will use? Is it something that I will, you know, read? Is it something that that yeah. is... You know, that was my starting point, but now it's not anymore. So this this is how I came up with the problem, you know, because I didn't have resources. I didn't have people to ask for. So it started from yeah. an idea, from an assumption. And it was my assumption. And I started to test that assumption. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. that yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's interesting because I think, you know, the concept of like designing empathetically or empathetic design. Uh, when you hear that word, it's like feelings, you know, mm -hmm. like it's touchy feely, emotional. But I think it doesn't have to be just that empathetic. It just means like I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the people I'm designing for. Exactly. Um, doesn't really have to always have to do a lot with like, you know, emotions uh, on that level. But it can just be like, what what would I like to use? What, and I think that's a really good perspective because, you know, I think the pushback can come from like, well, no, you can't think like that because you have to just think about them. Otherwise, you're putting too much of your own thoughts into it. Mm -hmm. But I think what, what you just touched on is if you don't do that, you don't have anything to test. Of course, mm -hmm. you're going to test it, but you have to start somewhere. And starting somewhere that feels personal to you is good because it gives you something with a lot more depth and nuance to test. Otherwise, you're you're testing something that might just be like, well, in the past, people like to do th things this way, but you might have a better starting point by just kind of reaching in and being like, how would I navigate this website? How would I book something through this website? How would I sign up for this on a website? What would that path be like? What would that user flow be like that I would enjoy? Then exactly. you can test it. And then you can internalize the feedback a lot better because it's, it's so ingrained in your own psyche of like how you'd want something to flow, you know? Exactly. I agree. What, one of the things too that that, that process got you, and you know it, we're, we're here talking about overthinking, and um, you know we talked a little bit about it from a process stand of uh, point mm -hmm. of view. Um, but uh, Radona, it looks like you know your journey and getting to where you are today um, using your Instagram presence as this educational tool. And talking about simplicity for users, what it does is it lessens the amount of time the user is overthinking when they're engaging with the product because overthinking occurs on both sides of the fence yeah. so i mean you talk a lot about this on your account where this um i actually didn't know this law apparently this is a very common thing among designers hicks law when there's too many options to choose from is that yeah. correct that that describes a process of overthinking in users yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, um, I guess, solving for that, uh, uh, solving overthinking in users? Yeah, um, 
as, as I mentioned also before, so let's tell you about my process when I create content, for example. Okay. Um, yeah. There are a lot of things that we can tell about, you know, that we can talk about also in one post. I don't need to, you know, break a concept in, you know, 10 pieces, for example. So what I do is I know there is a broad, like a very broad concept that we can talk about, like design. And we have like sub, let's say, um, sections where we can talk about color psychology, we can talk about shape, we can talk about research, we can talk about information architecture, we can talk about content strategy. Mm -hmm. And inside all of the sections, we have other sections we can talk about. And I focus on one topic. And from that one topic, I start to slice it in different pieces. And I can, you know, one day talk about just, you know, how you overrule people, for example, Hicks law, and it's just one law. I'm not talking about a lot of things. I'm just talking about one thing that that was what I was saying before. If you focus on one thing, everything becomes easier. So I, I start with one small thing and um, I give you and here comes back my cover design where I, I restarted, you know, to design covers also for my first slide of Instagram, that that was the most important thing for me. It was like, okay, so how should I, you know, tell people to stop here and read this because this is something that they might, you know, might need or, you know, feel that it's useful for them. So that was my first, you should stop here and read because this might help you. And then I was, you know, introducing them with the conversational, let's say, uh, way of talking it, it was not like okay i'm the teacher i will tell you what to do this yeah. this so i was just uh, introducing them to my world so hey do you know what um you know what why you are you know uh doing this um thing wrong is because uh, i'm telling you that based on my experience uh this is what i show so i become visual so instead of words i put images mm-hmm. it's just little text and then everything goes into the final piece is where I where I give you like an overview about what we talked before. And I tell you, so you see what I showed you is Higgs law, for example. So if you overwhelm people by doing this, people will not interact with you. People will not, you know, um, uh, use your website or whatever because they will feel, feel overwhelmed and you will not get the chance to talk to them, for example. And, yeah. this, and this is how I put also examples of things that I'm doing, for example, on Instagram, like uh, in the caption I write, for example, once you land to the last, last slide, don't ask people a lot of questions like, do you like the post, share the post uh, or um, whatever uh, comment here. So you are giving them a lot of triggers. So what is the one thing that you want people to do? Just, you know, focus on that one thing and maybe you can, um, if you want to communicate something else, you will do it with the next post. So yeah, my my um, cost. Don't try to say everything in one yeah. post. A lot of people try to say yeah. everything in one post. They want to put a lot of information for people and say, no, this is valuable for you. I've been giving you so much information. And they realize that people don't interact with that because people are, are a little bit you know, lazy and they want things fast. They want things, you know, that's me. <laughs> well, on social media, for sure. If I want to read something long, I go medium or I read an article, you know. But social media for me is not for, 
it's it's for me just you know oh, I I just need to spend five minutes on my phone because I don't want to think of my of my private life or work so I just want to disconnect my brain and yeah. your brain doesn't mean overwhelming my brain so if I feel that something yeah. is overwhelming me I will ignore it I I have a question uh, for you Radona and for you John honestly for the designers in the room. Um, how how do I even ask this? Um, so when thinking about web design and thinking about creating a user experience for users that is simple, that does not overwhelm them, has that, is this like a recent trend in terms of like really dialing in to what a simple experience looks like? Or is it, it's not recent, it's still work, being worked out? Like when I look at a lot of, websites or product stuff, I'll get overwhelmed, I'll overthink, I don't know where to go. Um, I guess my question is, how has this simplicity, uh, this user experience simplicity evolved in web design the past five, 10 years? I think um, the, the reason why we are simplifying things is because we are bombarded by a lot of information nowadays. We have a lot of media. We have, uh, we can watch TV, we can, you know, we have our phone, we have, a, you know, our computer, we have a lot of things that we are surrounded with. And um, we don't know what to, what to, I mean, I have Netflix and, you know, sometimes I watch it on my computer when I'm, you know, in my bedroom and sometimes I watch it on my TV. And sometimes I just don't want to go on Netflix and I'm just, you know, will scroll because sometimes I spend one hour just watching reels just because I don't know so adjective I don't know what's wrong yeah, yeah. but anyway <laughs> um, I think we have a lot of information out there and uh, that's why we are trying to simplify you know that information and especially on web um, um, we we wanted to show a lot of things in the beginning because we thought that showing everything was beneficial for people and then we understood that oh maybe not maybe we are overwhelming them and maybe uh we want them to click somewhere and they are not doing it because they don't see it it's like it's your brain you know sometimes you know just not seeing that those things because you are giving them a lot of information so i think it's um i think it's because we are bombarded with a lot of information that's why we are trying to simplify things that just clicked that clicked into place for me yeah yeah john what are you thinking yeah totally yeah i think it's interesting because you know it's a little bit different but the the wave of like maximalism and like design kind of happening i think when like dropbox did that redesign that rebrand and it was just like all the fonts all the weights all the colors all the different types of patterns it was really interesting and i think that happened because there has been a trend of simplicity um, and like brutalist kind of design that like almost overcompensated at first for a while. And then you saw all this like maximalism happen in design. And that's a little bit different because that's not speaking to like the user experience as much. It's more of like the visual aesthetic. Yeah. But that I, I don't know if you've experienced this too, but it seems like it was fun and fresh, you know, to see some of that stuff come out. Yeah. But it seemed like the lifespan was really short. And it didn't last that long because I think this through line of simplicity that has happened since like the beginning of time, like whenever things are being designed, mm -hmm. you're always looking for that MVP, right? And you're always looking for 
the most simple way to solve a problem. And I think that speaks a lot of truth, like seeing that wave of maximal just kind of ebb and flow <laughs> while there's this, this through line that's current of always looking for simplicity. Why do you think that that has held true even through those fads that have kind of come and gone? I think, um, as you said before, it's funny or it's nice. It's refreshing to see something, you know, it's like brutalism. I love brutalism, by the way. I know that mm -hmm. we can use, for example, brutalism for some type of, you know, events or some type of, you know, projects that might, you know, um, uh, let's say, um, tell user to slow down. You know, because you have to read things because everything is so confusing. Yeah. You don't know where to click first. So maybe that is like um, something that you do on purpose because you know that you want to tell them stop yeah. and read instead of, you know, simplifying things for them and, you know, guiding them in your user flow, let's say, how you design it. Yeah. For like, I want, I have a landing page, let's say it's a digital, digital you know, um, product. And uh, I want people to... Give, give me their email. So how can I, you know, funnel them <laughs> into totally. the bottom? Yeah. So that I think it's more about, you know, uh, what is the scope of, of that project? And based on the scope, you can create something. And I think that brutalism, it's something that you cannot use everywhere for right. every product. And especially because of... Uh, accessibility issues there are a lot of you know mm -hmm. things that we mm -hmm. should consider you know if we want to be inclusive so um that's why keeping things simple work i mean better yeah. than, than other things so i have a question um as a non-designer <laughs> i'm sure i've encountered it um when i think of brutalism i know it uh, architecturally mm -hmm. um can you describe it for people who don't know uh in the design world what brutalism looks like uh, brutalism is breaking all the design rules <laughs> Brutally. all the design <laughs> rules so uh, things are not aligned maybe you know you see typography that is stretched mm -hmm. or you see colors that don't match with each other it. so it's like you know a punch in your eyes it's like oh my god what i'm looking at mm -hmm. but it's curious because it's the kind of you know mix of art and design so i think it's very um entertaining I think that uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, events have created some kind of, you know, brutalism design just, you know, to keep mm -hmm. people there and, you know, engage with the website. So, mm -hmm. you, can, you know, you can become more playful, let's say. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I know what you're talking about. I totally know mm -hmm. what you're talking I, about. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah, one, one thing, you know, as we kind of move into... I think kind of one last question about this topic before we start talking about our favorite monsters. Um, you know, that the concept of that we always do of like, how do we really embrace these monsters also? Like, so the, the idea of embracing this Medusa looking overthinking monster, it sounds like we've, we, in a, in a way we've almost sort of talked about it, which is you're, you're, you're thinking about all those different things that someone is trying to process. There's all these different, and it seems like that's the process of design, right? Mm -hmm. You're going, okay, well, they might want to do this. They might also want to do this. They might be thinking about this. They might be contemplating, you know, this potential flow. And, and that's the overthinking, right? Like you're, you're almost, as a designer, anticipating 
what it's like for someone to come use your product as with overthinker kind of on their shoulder, right? Yeah. And so how how do you we talked about like that empathetic design, how do you bring that into a place where you're like you're actually really like addressing the fact that all of us are constantly especially with being bombarded by all these different things, it's probably making us even more of an overthinker mm-hmm. or it's it's feeding the overthinker modder monster even more. How do you, yeah, the modder, uh, how do you, how do you, how do you kind of embrace it, you know, and not just kind of like, you know, show, show the, the Medusa monster a mirror and, and turn Medusa into a stone. How, how do you actually just embrace it and say, yeah, actually bring those thoughts, overthink with me so I can help create that path. How does that play out for you? Um, that's a really great question. Um, I think that, um, the most important thing is to ask questions to yourself. Like yeah. the first thing is, do I really need it? Like this this thought that I'm having, is it something that I really need at, at this moment? Um, and are there things that, you know, um, can confuse, you know, people in this path, for example? So um, I think it's more about questioning yourself about if you are, uh, doing the right thing or not and try to eliminate, you know, what is not useful for you at the moment and keep yeah. the things that are useful for you to fight the Medusa, for example, right? So yeah, yeah. if you think that you uh, you need just to hide behind something and that is the only thing that, you know, will keep you alive and will give you time to think about more things and do it, mm-hmm. right? So I think you should you shouldn't think about the end, like the death or me as you know, with this monster, oh my God, what will happen is she will, I will just, you know, become a stone and I will die. No, think about, you know, the, all the possibilities and overthink about that, but focus on one, on, on one path. So what is the first thing that you want to do? And this is, this is. Prioritize. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's interesting. You, um, you hit on something that I think it's certainly in my way. Uh, when we're talking about process, when you skip to the end, right? So let's say you're about to start a project. You skip to the end and you're like, okay, well, like, how am I going to, how am I going to get there? How am I going to like deliver this thing and create like a product that is useful? Like, uh, uh, and then, you know, all these thoughts start coming and it just feels so unattainable. Um, But I like how you describe this process of directly engaging with these Mm -hmm. thoughts and then prioritizing the information. Yeah. Um, it's a lot better <laughs> than like going, you know what? I'm overwhelmed. I think I'm going to scroll on Twitter for an hour or, <laughs> you know, time to watch Star Trek, <laughs> which is maybe a strategy of mine. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I like that idea of just confronting uh, and engaging all of the yeah. thoughts and then prioritizing what emerges. I like that a lot. Embracing the possibilities. I think that's like... And you shouldn't be afraid. uh, That's awesome. You shouldn't be afraid. I mean, nothing will... Mm -hmm. uh, Those thoughts will not kill you. I mean, I know that you... (laughs) (laughs) I know that you feel overwhelmed. 
Sometimes it feels <laughs> like they will. They will not kill you, so you will still be alive yeah. and you will be the same yeah. person, just totally. you know, with a lot of anxiety. But yeah, if yeah, you want to yeah. start you know, dividing yeah, your thoughts, yeah. start to simplifying your thoughts, and then everything will become very simple. Totally. Yeah, for me, that would look like just writing it out. I don't know about y'all. I'm a notebook mm-hmm. boy. So I like to just like, yeah, but it's always useless because I can never read my writing afterwards. But um, just even like the process of getting the thoughts out yeah. sometimes is helpful. I'm an art art board. Kind <sighs> of, I guess it's the same thing, but I just love seeing everything out there. I was related to, I probably said it a few times on this podcast, but I was related to like being a kid and I used to have this giant, bucket of lego like my parents were just like here you go (laughs) just like this huge thing of like all the colors and all the shapes and it was really fun because i would just like all right it's time to play dump the whole thing out in my bedroom floor as a kid and just start like like this bird's eye view and i'd be able to just look at it make sense of it and start building things and so still to this day like that's why i love figma because it's amazing you can just get it all out there start making sense of it so I think that's kind of my my process in a way of like looking at all the possibilities, like looking at Medusa, right? And you're like, I'm I'm not overthinking because it's out here. So it's not in here, it's out here. Yeah. And I can start to say what what seems like it's working, what's not, you know. You're you're, you're looking you're looking at all of the snakes mm-hmm. on our head. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> okay, which one of you snakes is the one I'm gonna go <laughs> yep, with? Exactly. And you have to like sort through the snakes <laughs> like it's a bouquet of yeah. flowers and and you get oh this one's hissing at me a lot. <laughs> I think I'm gonna yeah. go with this yeah. one. Um okay, so now let's let's change gears and, it's and talk time. about monsters. Unrelated to overthinking, just or it can't be related <laughs> to overthinking. Um I'll start. <laughs> the monster it's actually it was inspired by overthinking. If I were to personify, we have Medusa, but another alt for me is if we were to personify, um, oh my God, by the way, what I'm about to say, people of faith, I'm not (laughs) calling this a monster. Oh, fuck it. Whatever. I'm going to go there. Um, Biblically accurate (laughs) angels. They're terrifying. They're the monster mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. Um, they're a beautiful monster. Um, <laughs> and and they scare me. Uh, and they represent the process of overthinking for me. Because I, I, if you don't know what a biblically accurate angel looks like, just like pause really quick. <laughs> jump on Google. Search biblically accurate angel. It is not a white man with wings. <laughs> and a six pack. It is it is something that looks like it was designed by HP Lovecraft while he was having a religious experience. Right? It's 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 an eye, it's just an eye with a bunch of uh, bands mm-hmm. of eyes mm-hmm. orbiting it. And um it looks like something divorced mm-hmm. from reality. Uh it's great. I love it. I think yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yes. I think we should cherish them. <laughs> They're pretty rad. I think, I think for me, it's, uh, it's catfish and why it's catfish is because I've been trying to get more and more into fishing a lot lately. And I have like this goal of like, 
like I'm getting into it because I want to actually like catch the food I eat and, and that kind of stuff. And so I'd love at some point to go somewhere where I feel like I can catch like a good sized catfish that would actually be like, you know, very delicious to eat. So it's kind of like this first goal of mine uh, because of where we live uh, in California and eventually like some trout going up to uh, more the, the mountains in the area. But anyways, catfish can be pretty terrifying. If you just, again, Google machine, <laughs> if you type in scary catfish, anyone out there listening, it's another it's okay. another challenge. I'm going to do this right Instantly, now. Instantly, you will be bombarded no, I'm doing with it right like, now. the most terrifying looking fish. And they're, they're <laughs> okay. all so different. They've got these like whiskers and teeth and oh. like the way... Right? Oh my God! Yeah, what the freaking fuck? terrifying! And it's it's crazy. Yeah, no just scary catfish. Just Google that. Ew, <laughs> it's gnarly. Okay, what was really funny? You have to go to yeah. images because if you go to the web options, it just tells you scary yeah, yeah, catfishing exactly. stories yeah. about people. We, you know, fun fun story weren't. about that. We have this like little goal setting thing with our team at YML, our like studio production team, and. Uh, we all kind of list out like, yep, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Looks, looks like a cat. Like a oh, little God. How about, um, dude, the first one, it's just like, it looks like something exactly. from like exactly. Resident Evil. Yeah. This one. Oh wait. Oh my God. Yep. There it is. It's terrifying. What the fuck? But we have, that? we have this, we have this goal setting thing. And, and so there's like three like professional goals, three personal goals. And one of them, I just put catch a catfish. It's like a three month goal. And when I said it in the meeting, everyone was like, they had no idea it was related to fish. And they're like, oh, that's like, so funny. Catch someone in the act of catfishing someone else. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> awesome. That's so <laughs> funny. So, yeah, that's no, no detective work on oh my, my end. God. It's literally a fish that I want and, to catch. <laughs> and, John, you've, mm -hmm. you've confirmed that there are catfish in your There are. I don't, I don't know that. Um, in close proximity, they're going to be the most delicious or even edible fish because a lot of the smaller lakes around here are like there's a lot of boats and chemicals and stuff, unfortunately. But that is definitely something that even just catching it in general would be like really fun because it's such an interesting like looking fish and it would be so amazing to reel one of those in and, you know, release it. So anyways, that's that's my monster that I'm thinking about. I'm literally going fishing right after this um, <laughs> for like an overnight camping trip. So it's like legit on my mind of like, can I go out there this afternoon and catch one? So we'll see what happens. <laughs> I believe in you. We'll see. I believe in you. And if you if you catch very catfish, please Redona. share it with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, God. Uh, Radona, what about you? Um, what do you what monster my monster is not a specific monster, but is the monster in the dark. Um, so Ooh. I think Ooh. my biggest yeah. fear is darkness. Interesting. It has always been mm. darkness, so yeah. sometimes I, I need to sleep with my lights on because I'm terrified. And I think mm -hmm. this comes because of not knowing what's out there. So mm -hmm. it's you know, mm -hmm. I, that freaks me out. Um, and I, I think that is my biggest fear. And also mm -hmm. that, that comes, uh, for example, by being, you know, uh, an overthinker sometimes mm -hmm. is not knowing what what will happen in the end and that scares me yeah. the same feeling when, when i have you know this mm -hmm. uh when i'm in the dark and you know sometimes i just need to stop and think oh, just turn on the light nothing is there mm -hmm. you know so just do that thing you know yeah. Open the 
mind and try to relax and think about and that this is just something in your mind. So I think this relates a lot with what um, overthinking is, you know, doing also with my personality. And I think these two, these two things um, match a lot with each other. And yeah, but this is something that I have uh, that, that I think follows me since I was a kid. So I'm not sure how I will overcome this mm -hmm. fear. <laughs> Same. Now, I, all three of us have glasses here. I don't know what, if you're near or farsighted. For me, when I'm not wearing glasses, the yeah. experience is worse. Does that, does that affect yes, your experience, Radona? If like you're getting, and it's like, oh, and you're like, that's an entity in the corner. And you're like, oh no, it's just a <laughs> shirt on a chair. Yes. Which exactly. can be another monster. And it's like. <laughs> shirt on a chair, monster. It is. I mean. That that's a sign that you're not putting away your laundry. Uh, the procrastinator. That is a big, that is a big yes. monster. Um, <laughs> Should yeah. be another one we talked about. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the list. About it's on the okay. Um, yeah, that's dude, Radona. That's valid. I think I'm a little bit scared of the dark for sure. Um, I don't have like anything as like sleep paralysis or anything mm -hmm. like that. Thank God. But like, I always used to have this, uh, not anymore, but I used to have a, a, a small little potted tree <laughs> at the foot of my bed in my previous place. And I always thought it was something looming over my bed about to kill me. Um, Cause my vision's so poor. I just see this like weird mangled shape with like many limbs, oh right? And it's just yeah. a fucking tree. <laughs> But I overthought it. Yeah, I think you know? when you are. Uh, and did I did I take the? I didn't even take the tree out. Yeah. I could have solved this problem, <laughs> but I was like, mm -hmm. I like a little bit of fear in the middle so, of the night. So you know, when you overthink, I think your mind creates a lot of you know realities that don't exist sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that's why we are scared about mm -hmm. those thoughts because you you create the realities that actually don't exist outside. Yeah. This way, it, it, they only exist in your in your head because it's the fear that it's speaking to you, right? So yeah. I think that that's why uh, this fear of you know not seeing, not knowing, creates a reality for you to give a sense of what is happening because otherwise you will be lost, right? Yeah. So um, that's why. <laughs> and we're here to turn yeah. on the and light. And I would say, turn on the light, Radona. Yeah. You you. Uh, make that light bulb go on for quite a few people through uh, the work that you're doing. So, <laughs> but I think that that's what, what you just said yep. is, uh, uh, I think such a good way to like wrap this up because that idea of yeah. like realizing that all these possibilities are not necessarily realities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good end game of like, we're really just looking for the truth, you know, in what we're doing. And, and that, as you start to commit to that thoughtful process, that empathetic process, that more true idea of, of the best way forward is going to naturally surface. So absolutely. This is awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. Awesome. This is, this Thank is amazing. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's so much fun. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I could, I can ask a million more questions, but I'm not going to overthink Perfect. it. So before we go, where can, where can people find you 
online? Oh, so they can find me <laughs> on my Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of channels, but mainly I use my Instagram to communicate with people. And yeah. at Redona Dida, it's very simple. Uh, no nicknames, nothing weird. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me there. Yeah. And it's R-E-D-O-N-A-D-I-D-A, yeah. correct? Exactly. Awesome. So at Redona Dida on Instagram, you will all be so thrilled to follow along. So <laughs> I hope so. There you go. <laughs> Do it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate it.